The World Cup Taiwan is an annual soccer tournament that aims to strengthen Taiwan's relationship with countries around the world. This year, it will kick off again at Furian Catholic University's football stadium over the National Day, long holiday. The teams in the competition are formed by foreign residents living in Taiwan. This year, a total of 18 countries will be represented in the competition, which will be held on October 8th and October 9th. FTB reporter Stephanie Yang has the details. The World Cup Taiwan 2022 will make a comeback during Taiwan's National Day long weekend. Teams from 12 countries in Europe, America, Asia and Africa will compete for two days. There will be 12 men's teams and six women's teams competing. Of these 12 countries, seven are diplomatic allies of Taiwan. The defending men's champion is Haiti, which was invited to be a host country this year. There were approximately 264 million players playing football worldwide. What makes the game the most universal sport? It is therefore very well chosen when the initiators decided to commemorate this ninth edition of the World Cup Taiwan by celebrating the concept of one sport, one world. In addition to 34 matches, there will also be music and dance performances. 15 performance groups from various countries will perform Paraguayan traditional dance, salsa, rumba and more. There will also be 12 groups of stalls with local delicacies from around the world, serving up fare such as Venezuelan rice cakes, Mexican tacos, and Turkish rice balls. We think this football match is an event that can attract the attention of foreign media to Taiwan. It's also an opportunity for Taiwanese to create real exchanges with foreigners in Taiwan. The World Cup Taiwan will kick off at Furan Catholic University during the National Day holiday from October 8th to October 9th. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Gong Zhong Yi in Taipei. Children in Taiwan are back in school, and for students in rural areas, the new academic year has come with upgrades to school lunches. Last year, the Ministry of Education launched a program to provide better meals to rural schools by establishing central kitchens and improving delivery systems. Now children all around Taiwan are getting lunch delivered to school in brand new catering containers which are designed with pretty designs and food safety in mind. The Executive Yuan last year launched a plan to make sure that children in rural areas can enjoy school lunches that are as good as those of their peers in the city. The 6.3 billion NT plan established central kitchens that deliver meals to schools, while providing bigger subsidies for ingredients and improving the quality of school lunches. One part of the plan was the design of the catering containers. They are designed in pleasant colors to stimulate the appetite. The handles have been treated to be smooth and free of sharp edges to prevent scratches when children serve the food to their classmates. No detail is too small in this project, showing the Ministry of Education's commitment to good nutrition at school. It also shows the manufacturers of the catering containers have thought of everything. We made them shock-resistant and insulated to keep the food inside warm. These difficulties had to be managed together. We also faced technical problems, problems with molding, with injection and so on. 
We address the problems one by one to meet the needs. In the plan, food is delivered from central kitchens to schools in two kinds of vehicles. Larger vans can carry enough food for up to 20 classes, while smaller ones can take enough for seven. The delivery vehicles go right into the school grounds to distribute the meals. As such, keeping the food and students safe is a top priority. In the manufacturing process, we weighed options for the body of the delivery compartment. They have custom securing straps, and the vehicles even have devices to record the movement of the vehicle. These safety considerations were thought through by people in 10 different teams. Their efforts made this possible. Every step of the plan to offer good food to children in rural schools is meticulously planned to ensure that all students in Taiwan can truly have access to good nutrition. National Taiwan University Hospital and Cafe General Hospital are taking advantage of a new AI-powered tool that can boost detection of polyps in the large intestine. The tool can help doctors detect problems early, allowing patients to undergo treatment to prevent colon cancer. For 14 years now, colon cancer has been the most common cancer in Taiwan, killing 6,600 people in 2021. Thanks to regular checkups and early intervention, stage 1 colorectal cancer can be cured in more than 90% of patients. In Taiwan, about 400,000 people go through checkups for the disease every year. But doctors say that maintaining good quality checkups and high detection rates is no easy task. Not all doctors have experience in diagnosing flat or sunken polyps. Doctors most frequently miss these types of polyps. According to studies from abroad, experts conducting colonoscopies fail to detect 23% of polyps smaller than 5 millimeters. Doctors say the accuracy of colonoscopies varies depending on the doctor's clinical experience and their ability to notice abnormalities. Polyps that are very small or located on bands in the large intestine can be easy to miss. To improve detection, National Taiwan University Hospital and Cathay General Hospital collected and contributed more than 3,000 medical records of patients to create an AI polyp detection tool with a developer. The tool can detect growths at a speed of 30 images per second with an accuracy of 95%. It can help doctors detect adenoma with between 14% and 30% more accuracy. Overall, for every 1% increase in the detection of adenoma, we can reduce the likelihood of colorectal cancer development by 3% after an endoscopy. When it's a small polyp, the AI detection system can circle it and bring it to the doctor's attention, highlighting it as a potential polyp. The AI system can help doctors detect polyps and has already been certified as medical equipment by the FDA. Hospitals say they will test the tool to see whether it does indeed improve the quality of analyses. To prevent severe disease, doctors advise people aged 50 and up to go for regular fecal occult blood tests. If the tests come back positive, seek medical help as soon as possible and get a colonoscopy. Waiting for a long time can allow polyps to grow and become cancers, making treatment more complicated. The control yuan has censured the army headquarters after two soldiers in the 2069th Brigade died by suicide in a period of just seven months. Control yuan members Wang Meiyu and Zhao Yongqing say the incident was treated as an issue of human rights within the military. 
They called on the Ministry of National Defense to face the matter and instate reforms. Let's hear what Zhao said. They did not leave any messages airing the grievances. That shows that it was a buildup of reasons over a long period of time. They had stress, they didn't adjust well to military life, and they also had nobody to speak to. In our investigation, we found that their fellow soldiers and their superiors had no idea of the situation. This is a serious matter. They hadn't slept well in a long time. They had been working overtime for a long time. They had suffered bullying for a long time. And somehow their mentors and superiors knew nothing about it. The head of their brigade knew even less. He was even less clear on the matter. The control yuan member said that the army's leadership structure and management culture had been contributing factors in the two deaths. He added that improper disciplinary behavior had further exacerbated the shortcomings in the internal management structure and operations. The army headquarters has responded to the censure, saying it respects the control yuan's decision. It adds that it has meted out the appropriate punishments to the people involved. The 29th Women Make Waves International Film Festival will be held from October 14th to October 23rd at Spot Huashan in Taipei. The theme of this year's film festival is Feverish Rewind and features 85 local and international films. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang takes us in for a look. Established in 1993, the Women Make Waves International Film Festival is the longest-running and largest issue-oriented film festival in Taiwan. By covering a wide range of issues, genres, and representations of women, the festival hopes to provide female directors a stage on which they can advocate for gender equality and rights through film. Our festival aims to promote uh, female-oriented issues and particularly about gender and also we really want to have a platform for uh, women director and also non-binary directors. I, at the beginning it was just a very small film festival, it's like an issue oriented but like small in scale and uh, mostly they will happen uh, take place in a gallery space or uh, some uh, theater space but uh, now over the years we have been growing uh, larger and larger and uh, it has uh, now we uh, every year we are showing like 100 films uh, on average. Now entering its 29th year, the festival will feature 85 local and foreign films. The theme of this year's festival is Feverish Rewind, hoping to remind people to slow down, listen and observe. The festival will open with Forever a Woman, filmed by Tanaka Kinyo, an actress and film director. Her uh, roles as a filmmaker has been overlooked, over, uh, overlooked before. She actually is uh, one of the very earliest uh, film pioneers in the film industry. She is the second woman who picked up the uh, camera and uh, to shoot in the very mainstream um, uh, film, uh, the mainstream film studio. This year's Spotlight Filmmaker is American-Canadian filmmaker Alanis Obasawin. 
who is also an artist, activist, and singer. She's made more than 50 documentaries about indigenous communities in Canada. Now 90 years old, Abom Sawin is still creating films. This year, we want to uh, uh, celebrate her legacy. Is partly because she is now like 90 years old, and she's still like creating works. So we think it's very, very remarkable. This year, select uh, like eight works from her films, and to see uh, what what she has. Um, tried to do over the years including like she focused a lot about uh, uh, the indigenous uh, uh, social movements and and also about the the roles of women in the indigenous uh, society and also about the children the 29th Women Make Waves International Film Festival will be held from October 14th to October 23rd at Spot Huasan. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang, Chen Bohuan, and Gong Zhongyi in Taipei. Tuesday was day one of the International Civil Aviation Organization's annual assembly in Montreal, Canada. Though this year marks the third in a row that Taiwan is not invited to the event, officials from Taiwan's Civil Aeronautics Administration have traveled to Canada to conduct exchanges separately from the event. At a banquet on Monday, Taiwan's Transport Minister Ed addressed a group of international representatives in a pre-recorded message advocating for Taiwan's inclusion in the organization. Let's hear what he said. When China conducted military drills around Taiwan on short notice, we had to make emergency response and guide all aircraft in the Taipei FIR to avert danger. Therefore, the Taiwan CAA shall be able to participate in ICAO. Drone prevention and control measures are a big headache for many countries. Songshan Airport has teamed up with the National Zhongshan Institute of Science and Technology to install a complete anti-drone system. Other countries might not have this level of technical expertise, so we're sharing our information on this with many countries through bilateral talks. The transport minister stressed that Taiwan is located in an important transport corridor con connecting Northeast Asia and Southeast Asia. He added that Taiwan's work in the area was crucial to smooth transport operations in many global supply chains. He said that the ministry and the Civil Aeronautics Administration would continue to share its experiences in bilateral talks with other countries. It stressed that despite its exclusion from ICAO, Taiwan would continue to adhere to and enforce the organization's aviation standards. Former U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo is in Taiwan for the second time this year, meeting with politicians and industry representatives in Kaohsiung and Tainan. At a forum on Tuesday, Pompeo said the U.S. should decouple its economy from China and should seek closer economic ties with Taiwan. Meanwhile, Kaohsiung Mayor Chen Qimai says the U.S. should play a more active leadership role among the world's democracies. We are number one. Former U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo on Tuesday attended a seminar in Kaohsiung for Taiwanese business people. During the seminar, Pompeo reiterated his stance that Taiwan is an independent country. The reality that many of your past and present leaders have made clear it is that Taiwan does not need to declare its independence because it is an already an independent nation. 
Pompeo said that Taiwan is a model free trade economy and that the U.S. should decouple its economy from China's in favor of closer economic ties with Taiwan. That Taiwan is completely different. It is the opposite of China in every one of those central respects. It's why our tra trade relationship is not only good, but a model. A model for tr free trade around the world. America and other free nations should pursue strategic decoupling with China. I would like to take this opportunity to thank you again for all you have done as a Secretary of State to enhance our relationship. Vice President Lai Qingda was also in attendance at the seminar, using the opportunity to meet with Pompeo. Meanwhile, Kaohsiung Mayor Chen Qimai arrived bright and early at Pompeo's hotel to have a short meeting with him. Pingdong Commissioner Pan Meng An also made the trip to Kaohsiung to have a brief meeting with Pompeo after lunch. I also brought up the fact that the U.S. could play a more active role among democracies and demonstrate strong leadership. This time, the focus is on the industrial development of southern Taiwan, especially Pingdong City, which is an emerging city in terms of development. On his second trip to Taiwan of the year, Pompeo took the opportunity to visit Kaohsiung's popular harbor area. Accompanied by a guide, Pompeo walked along the waterfront from Great Harbor Bridge to the trendy Pier 2. Mayor Chen Mai wanted Pompeo to feel warmly welcome in Kaohsiung. Pompeo was quite courteous. He said he worried that if he took the light rail train, it would be a security issue and would inconvenience the public, so he chose to walk. Pompeo is expected to attend the annual meeting of the World Taiwanese Chambers of Commerce tomorrow. That will be followed by a visit to Tainan where he will join Mayor Huang Weijia and DPP lawmaker Wang Dingyu at a luncheon for industry leaders.